Hi, welcome to Phantom Fever, where if you have triple problems, we will be happy to take care of them for you. Be sure to call 555-TRIBLE for any of your trouble needs. That's 555-TRIBLE. Tribble. Okay, well, welcome to Phantom Fever. Today we're going to be talking about the new shows that have come on TV. And uh, you are? And I am Andrew. And you are? Who knows? I don't know. Okay. Who are you? Dave the Barbarian? <laughs> that was a show on, like... What was that on? Disney? Probably. That was Disney or something. That was really old. No one remembers that. Welcome to Phantom Fever, <laughs> where we make really outdated references. <laughs> so I'm Andrew, this is David, and this is Kurt. Hey. And, uh, so into our first topic, The Flash. Uh, The Flash Season 3 just aired. We're gonna do a quick non-spoiler review of The Flash. So, basically, my thoughts of the show, I think it was very good, but at the same time, I guess just because I have such high expectations for the show, because I think it's, like, one of the greatest comic book shows, like, ever, a big event does not last as long as you want it to, uh, which kind of ruins it, and I feel like there was a lot of content shoved in a very short period of time, and because of that, I don't think that the first episode hit as hard as it could have. Because when you get to the dramatic and emotional moments, there wasn't enough build-up to it. Now, it definitely does not follow the comic book Flashpoint storyline. Uh, it is its own story, basically completely. Like, it's, it's pretty much Flashpoint only in name. Overall, it was pretty good. Uh, just not what I expected, but from the trailer for the next episode, I think that, uh, this season's going to get flying really fast and get really good again because we're getting Harrison Wells back in episode two and, uh, a lot of things from the trailer looks really awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh, I agree totally and wholeheartedly about all the things you said about that episode, which I definitely watched. (laughs) Okay, David, you're up. Luke Cage came out on Netflix just, uh, uh, I was about to say October, September 30th, the day before October. Uh, I liked it a lot. It was actually really, really good, which I'm sure you both know, having seen it just as much as I have. Uh, he broke the interwebs. Oh, yeah, okay. So it did something really, really cool that no superhero, like, thing, like, no live-action superhero thing has managed to do this, and it's insane. The lead character is black. It's, I know, it's crazy, ain't it? But I'll be perfectly honest. The lead character is amazing. Out of, the, out of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, going by just the lead character, not the plot of the story, not the, like, not the, the power or anything, going on the lead character and his personality, or her personality in the case of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage is my favorite, completely. He, every single scene that this guy is in, the actor... He just dominates it. His presence alone is just like, okay, everything that was happening before, focusing on this guy now. He's the main point of the show. Which is really, really funny, because the only other character that does that is one of the main villains of the series, uh, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, uh, without spoiling anything, he, he's just a gangster that, for reasons explained in the show, they don't like each other. And he's the only other character who demands his presence be seen at the very beginning of the show onwards. And so any scene that has the two of them is just like, 
So, so Luke Cage is going to beat you up, but we're still cool after this. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the actual show. I enjoyed it. I, I liked Jessica Jones more. I still like Jessica Jones more, but I think that has a lot to do with David Tennant's portrayal of Kilgrave in mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. But at the same time, I really, st- I still really, really enjoyed this. The whole point, the like the whole general theme of the show going through is like solving your problems that you make, being a man who cleans up after himself and gets things done his own way. One one of the like one of the phrases that is spoken throughout the entire series is always forward. Forward always. Like always moving forward with your life and making sure that you're continuing and growing as a person and owning up to your stuff. It it's it's a very very entertaining thing and the ending shocked me in a really weird way. It it wasn't even a a, a like it's a surprising ending. It's not one of those wow, you did that type of thing crazy things. Like it's not something mind-blowing. It's just one of those things where you're like wait, it ends like this. And not in an altogether bad way, just a very like you didn't you you'd think that there'd be another episode after this basically but it still ends cool also music very cool every uh one of the running themes i don't think this is a spoiler uh they keep going back to this certain nightclub and the owner of the nightclub continually like uh hires new singers and bands and so uh a, a thing that the show does very often is they cut to the nightclub, have the singer, and then cut to other things happening in the world. So it's a thing that they did often, where they'd cut to the nightclub and one of the, and the bands, and then they'd cut back to whatever's happening in the world, and the music would just play over it. And so they just continuously have cool music playing through. Uh, it, one of my favorites is the Luke Cage rap near the very, very end. When If you hear it, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I do have to say... This show continues to be as dark and gritty as the Netflix shows have shown to be. There's a lot there's a lot of like people getting hurt and blood everywhere, but they did do a good thing where there's exactly one gratuitous sex scene in the entire show. Only one. Only huh? one. <laughs> and it's at the very beginning. Mm. Uh, other than that, this is a show about a dude who can punch some who can punch someone clean out of themselves. So you can imagine how it can get crazy. But that being said, Luke Cage himself it it just never stops despite the fact that one of the best things about the show is the characters which the Netflix show has shows have been doing really really well with the characterizations of the people and not focusing on the powers. One of the things that I just could not stop being happy and enjoying seeing is just seeing Luke Cage nonchalantly just strut through an area as people are shooting at him, slamming things on him, and then they're breaking, and if someone gets in his way, he's just like, bam, grab, throw, onwards, moving on. Like, something about just this unstoppable dude continuously moving around, it's really, really cool. I'd suggest it to anybody that has liked the Netflix shows up until now. Like, it's... the, The main character... Luke Cage is a character that I think everybody can, like, watch and look up to. He's an actual character that you can look up to, and not in a, I'm, I stand for truth and justice and the superhero way, 
in a this is the way that people should act and behave on a normal basis. This is an actual guy that people can look up to to act. Alright. So he's less of an icon, more of a role model? I yeah. Guess he'd make that difference? He's, he's definitely more of a role model than he is a hero. Okay. Alright, so my show this week was Timeless. Ooh. And this one kind of got me by surprise, because I saw the trailer for this, it looked pretty interesting, so we gave it a shot. And this thing is essentially Stargate Goes in Time. So if you guys ever saw Stargate uh, SG-1, they had a specific team, you know, usually three or four people at a time, sometimes five, and they go through to another world, they have to have the, the guy that knows what's going on on that particular element, they know the language, they know the terrain, they've got the soldier... They've got the pilot or, you know, the, the backup person, and they've got, you know, that essentially rounding out the team. And in this one, they have every single one of those characters. So you've got the main character, a female professor, who, like, if you basically took uh, Daniel Jackson from Stargate and then made them the leader of the party, this is that person. And then you've got the soldier, you've got your um, Jack O'Neill in here. And they are, you know, get the job done. So you brought a forty-five with a silencer back to 1937. And expect nothing bad to happen. So that's that's not going to end well. And then you've got the pilot, um, who is a, a black engineer. And he goes through an awful lot while he's back there. And it, it, it ends okay. I mean, you could definitely see how they're going to do with it. But it sort of goes along the... Um, the Bishop style of timeline, or better yet, the uh, the Back to the Future style of time travel. Whoever goes out knows what was going on, but whenever they come back, that future has always been. You know, so it's not like the future is an immutable type of thing. It's always fluid. Everything is always changing all the time. And they've got they're definitely setting up the overarching storyline on here, where you know stuff is in motion. You know, there's there's powers at work. You know, ominous themes, ominous words being bandied about, and you you constantly feel like there is more going on here than what they're letting on, there's definitely going to be a lead up here, so I'm willing to watch a second show on this. So It's not really an option for Luke Cage, because it's the entire season at once. Oh yeah. But what about Flash? Do you think you're going to be keeping on with the season? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Flash, I mean, Flash is actually like my favorite show on TV right now, okay. arguably. Um, I just... I have to say that, like, the first episode, and it probably won't let most people down, especially anyone who hasn't read the comics. Um, now, that what a lot of people are going to say is, well, of course it wasn't going to be like the comics. Uh, which I, I, and I understand that, because the comics were so big and had so many characters that you could not have in uh, The Flash. I just... Uh, one thing I was actually going to say before, but I, I forgot about it, um, is that they set up Red Arrow in an alternate universe in an earlier episode, that that was an option. Mm. Um, and I was thinking, how cool would it have been if they still could have kind of done the story and have it, well, in this universe, uh, Arrow, Green Arrow didn't become... Uh, 
or, or sorry, uh, Queen didn't become uh, the Green Arrow. Instead, his father got um survived instead, mm. and he became Red Arrow. Like they could have done that, and they could have kind of done the story. I mean, they couldn't. They don't have Superman, or at least not yet. We'll see what what happens with Supergirl. Uh, they don't have a lot of the characters, but they could have at least incorporated that. But besides that, it was still pretty good. And to anyone who isn't a comic book fan and just looking at it for what it is, it was a it was a strong first episode of a season. Good deal. Hmm. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, and I don't remember if we came up with this before or not, but when we were looking at potential characters to bring into Flash, you know, now that they had this event that seems to be popping up different people all over the place and from the other universes as well. About the Bang Babies. About Static and the other ones. That, I, ironically, I was just thinking about this this morning. Uh, the funny thing about Static Shock is that the way his show works is actually pretty similar to, uh, at least like the original cartoon. Kind of works pretty similar to the way the Flash show works now. I mean, you have... The father character, uh, character who kind kind of plays the same role. You have the mother who died and kind of in a in a certain way makes him the kind of heroic person that he is, and he's always kind of thinking like how he'd like to go back in time to save his mother. Like the, I mean, I'm not saying that they're two completely similar things, but they have a lot of similar themes. Yes, and because of that, I feel that Flash. And uh, Static could coexist in the same universe very well, um, and that Static Shock could be a great live-action show on the DC. They're, they are making an electrical-powered character. I can't remember the character's name. Black Lightning? Black Lightning. Uh, I don't understand why they're not just doing Static Shock, because he has a huge fan base already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who would also be really cool? Batman Beyond. Yeah, but they'd have to go through Batman first to get there, and I'm pretty sure Wait. that... Arrow Beyond. No. They already did that on Legends. Yeah. Good. I'm good. I'm glad. You're good. Ar- Arrow Beyond. Because, I mean, the Green Arrow of this universe has already taken all of Batman's stuff, or at least tried to. Now, when Supergirl, if this happens, is brought into the Arrowverse... If we're still calling it, I say we just call it the Flashverse at this point. Or why? Um, because you like Flash more. <laughs> or the TV DC universe. Fine, we'll call it that. That doesn't work either. Something like that. Um, I just call. I just call it the CW verse. Sure. There you go. That's... That works. So anyway, when we bring Supergirl into the Flashverse, if that happens. In the commercial for the Supergirl, which Supergirl is coming on tonight, by the way, everybody. Um, tonight when? Because this might not go up on the same tonight night. Tonight at 8 o'clock, I believe. I'm almost positive. Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yes. Okay. Because today well, is Monday. Because well, today is Monday. The day this show comes out. Um, but if they bring Supergirl over, in the trailer for it, they said, uh, or there, there was somebody who said... We're going back to uh, Gotham. 
So that means Gotham exists in Supergirl's universe. So off that, probably Bruce Wayne exists as well. But they did not say that Gotham, the Fox show, was being referenced. No, no, no. Uh, Gotham, uh, the Fox universe, is not part of this universe, absolutely. Right. But they've also said they they haven't ruled it out yet. They haven't ruled it out yet, but I... I think it doesn't have the right feel though. No, and I feel that basically what the CW is waiting for, they're just waiting for Gotham to run dry, mm-hmm. and then as soon as that runs its course, they're probably going to be able to bring maybe not Batman, but Bruce Wayne into the CW universe. Okay, I can see that. Um and there will be two billionaires running around dark and brooding and beating people up. Three. But what I Adam Adam's smiley about it though. <laughs> what I love about he was a Superman. He was the Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. That makes a lot of sense. But what I would love about them bringing Stag in is he's such a mature character. Like I mean, even as a cartoon, he was still it was a decently mature cartoon, very well written, very well put together, with uh, some awesome storylines that I feel that it could definitely stand out from the other superhero shows on the CW right now. Unlike the, the thing that I fear with bringing on black lightning is then are you not just because of his ethnicity? That's not what I'm saying right now. Just in storylines, are they kind of trudging into like a Luke cage because their, their background stories are actually kind of similar. They both came from the same time period, and the only issue is that Black Lightning predates Static. Yeah. So, I mean, but we'll see what they do with Black Lightning. Maybe it'll be good. Um, And, I mean, we have Berlanti. Mm -hmm. That's what we call it. It's the uh, Berlanti-verse. Craig Berlanti. Okay. I mean, he's the the creator of all the shows. I know, I know. We'll go with that. um, Anyway... So, I mean, if he's behind it, I can see that that show could be really good. Um, I, let, let's see what happens with Legends of Tomorrow this season. I, I really have some uh, decent expectations for it. I think now that we're bringing in, like, the new uh, Justice League, not or Justice Society of America, uh, I think it has potential to be an even stronger show, which... Uh, that's coming out the same week that this video is coming out, too. That comes out Thursday, um, also about 8 o'clock. So, uh, the week that this video is out, I mean, talking about, like, CW shows, we're in the CW week. <laughs> we have a CW show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? It's just going to be interesting what happens when they finally fill that fifth spot. Uh... Well, it's not going to be Black Lightning because he's going to be on a different channel. Right, no, I understand. And they've, and they've said already that we have enough. We don't need <laughs> any more. Well, I, I don't know how they could afford it at that point. Like, all these shows... I mean, do you think it's actually affecting their budgets at all? Like, having this many superhero shows on the same channel? I don't think so, just because with having all of them in the same place, you know, recording, using the same people, having the same resources, access to the same CG teams, I'd say maybe... Each show actually costs two thirds of what it actually would if it was just standalone. Hmm. 
I mean, just in principle. Yeah. What is a, a another character that you guys would really like to see uh, be in the CW verse? Blue Beetle. Mm, yeah. I have no idea why he wouldn't be on Legends of Tomorrow. Like, because that's sort of the team group, and Blue Beetle is most, like, attributed to the Teen Titans. And so, I mean, he, he has had his own stuff, but, like, he, he's with the Titans a lot. So putting him on the Legends of Tomorrow, boom. He, the, only, the only problem is that Adam sort of fills the same role, but if we're talking about characters that I would like to see, regardless of the fact that Adam is there... I still would like to see Blue Beetle if I could, because Blue Beetle is cool, and more people should recognize Blue Beetle, because he's a cool character. Here's the question. Which Beetle? The the blue one. There, there's two Blue Beetles. Uh, uh, the, what's what, the, the, the Mexican kid name? Okay, Elf. so the alien symbiote Beetle. Yes. Okay. There we go. No, not the, not the old dude in the suit. No. Which, actually, the Ted Cord, uh... I believe his name is Ted Cord, yeah. Blue Beetle. Uh, he's actually the most popular Blue Beetle, as funny as that is. Really? Even though I, I do actually really like like the Blue Beetle from Young Justice. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's the one. I actually didn't, like, the, Young Justice isn't where I first saw the Blue Beetle. Where did I first hear about Batman the Brave and the Bold? Okay. That's where I first heard of the Blue Beetle. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I never really, like, because I, I ended up, like, looking at the other Blue Beetle stuff. The the Blue Beetle that, like, didn't have the symbiote suit just never interested me. Like, the other guy was just a dude in the suit. Like, sure, he was techie, but he was still just a dude in the suit. That didn't interest me as much as the suit, the scarab, and the, the, the kid who could do... What is his name? It's hurting me that I can't remember his name. Like, I'm saying yeah. I'm a Blue Beetle fan. I can't remember his name, and that's, like... That's really getting to me right now. What's really cool about him, though, is you can kind of do the symbiote storyline from Spider-Man with that, too, because the, the Blue Beetle actually starts to take over him uh, at a point, uh, and he's always, like, fighting the Blue Beetle. Like, I think that would actually make a great show. Uh, one thing I'd like to add, though, uh, while we're talking about this subject, um, Craig Berlanti is working on a movie, and it's um, the Blue Beetle and... Uh, Yeah. Go, go, go. The character from the future. He came from the future. He's a superhero in the DC universe. Oh, uh, Our Man? No. Our Man? The guy guy that's going to be starting this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a Booster Gold uh, Blue Beetle movie. Wait, what? If I remember this right, I I don't remember if it's actually true anymore or not, but Booster Gold is Nathan Fillion. Yeah, that's... uh, it was semi-confirmed, at least. Uh, they're, they're working on it. I mean, it's in production. I don't know if it dropped production. I sure hope not, because that's not amazing. Mm. Who, who Who's doing this? Uh, Craig Berlanti, the creator of the CW-verse. He works on all those movies. I, I want to see this. I want to see Booster Gold. I love Booster Gold. He's just a... For those of you who don't know, Booster Gold is literally just a dude from the future who grabbed a bunch of tech from the future and then went back in time. He was a janitor at first. Now he's a superhero because he just has technology from the future. That's everything. And all he does is he wants a movie deal, he wants lots of money, and he wants the good life. Yeah, he's Booster Gold. Do-do-do-do. I I like him. He's he's a cool character. All right, so the Beatles here. Back back to the, the invasion of the English here. So we've got Dan Garrett, 
who was the first beetle. Who had a, he had the scarab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had uh, Ted Cord, the second beetle. Who did not. Right. He was the suit. Uh, we might actually end up seeing him in Legends. Really? Because he was a JSA member. No. Well, he's a cool character also. He's a very cool character. Sure. And then we've got Jamie Reese, the third Beetle. Reyes. The, the current Beetle. Reyes, who also had the Scarab. He, he's the one who had the Symbiote Scarab. And, um, what was the first Scarab? Hmm? Just a Scarab, I mean. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he... Uh, one cool thing about uh, the third Blue Beetle that we're talking about, the Symbiote one... He appeared on Smallville in in the same episode that Booster Gold was in. And it was a really good episode. I mean, you say what you want about Smallville, but that was a pretty strong episode. Uh, in the 10th season. Uh, it's one of the last episodes of the 10th season. Uh, and then there also is a short film out um, for the Blue Beetle. It's an official DC short film. Cartoon Network uh, did it to see how much interest there would be in the character to make a live-action show uh, for Cartoon Network. It's a little short film, but it's really cool because it shows just what the character is capable of in live action. And I want to say he was in the Justice League versus Teen Titans oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah, he was. It was him, uh, Beast Boy, uh, Raven, Starfire, and Cyborg. Cyborg as well. Yes, Cyborg as well. Actually, Cyborg wasn't a Titan. Cyborg was a Justice League member. He was in the movie, though, because the Justice League was in the movie, obviously. And it was Damian Wayne Robin. Uh, hilariously... Okay, so... The reason why they're fighting in the first place is because... Uh, Raven's father. Uh, what's his name? Help me. Red guy. Yeah. I'm ter- I'm blanking on names today. Anyway. So, uh, basically, he's doing evil spooky things. And so he possesses all the Justice League members. And the, the Teen Titans have to fight them some at a time. Because if all the Justice League tried to fight all the Teen Titans... Game Teen over. T- yep. So, it was... Uh, it was Flash, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg at first that got corrupted. And the Teen Titans had to beat them up. So it was fun seeing Cyborg get beat up by the Teen Titans. Like, ha! You don't belong there. Uh... And then it was Superman, which I don't want to spoil what happens, but it was one of the only few, like, it was one of the only times at all that I actually liked Damian Wayne as a character when when they took on Superman. I think it would be cool if they made some more Teen Titans films. I mean, considering that we're never getting Teen Titans uh, on the Cartoon Network anymore, because me. we got Teen Titans Go. You're hurting me. And the Teen Titans TNT series got... Cancelled or is backburnered? It, it basically is cancelled because they want to do... Well, it's weird because now Jeff Johns kind of came out and said, Hey, so one thing... Because now he's like in charge of the movies. He's like, you know this stupid rule about if it's in the movies, you can't do it on uh, TV? Yeah, well, I basically kind of want to put the kibosh on that a little bit. I, I'm giving a little bit more lenience. That's why Superman can be on Supergirl now. Um, that being said... Uh, right now, just uh, from what I hear, it's pretty much a shutdown. Even though, how awesome would that be? Very. Man, uh, doing Beast Boy on TV, though, I'm not sure they have the budget to do those kind of effects. And it'd be decent. Yeah, and have it actually be good. I don't, um, I don't care if it's good. I want to see it. <laughs> if, I, Be- if Beast Boy is the most lacking part of the Teen Titans, I will forgive it. You hear it here, folks. 
doesn't have to be good. It just has to exist. Yeah. No, at, David. At, at this point, with for Teen Titans, yes, it needs to exist. Well, I, I'm... All right, They're so, getting around to it. All right, so what do we got next? I did see a movie just yesterday. It was called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And it was very decent. Very okay. It's very middle road there. Does it qualify as the Tim Burton does X-Men thing oh, yeah. that everybody was thinking? Oh yeah, definitely. Basically, it's based off of a book. And it is so obviously based off of a book that it hurts. Because it does the stupid book thing of... It has a first act, then has a third act. There's no second act. Basically, uh, without going into too much spoilers, you spend half of the book learning about this home, learning about the characters, getting immersed in all of the interesting things, learning about the lore and the rules of the world. And then the moment that they stop telling you about it, it's just like, okay, well, time for the third act. Villain, he arrives. He, the moment the villain shows up, it's like, okay, time for... The, all of the stakes have been set up. Mm-hmm. Time for all of them to just get knocked down. Time, time for the stakes to be shown. Mm-hmm. It's very annoying because I never got enough time in the home. Uh, basically, uh, without spoiling too much, after the villain shows up, they leave the home. And they just don't go back to it. Which annoys me because I... People were supposed to be invested in being in this home and doing things in there for a little bit. I feel like it should have been longer, but I also feel like if it were longer, it would have been more long-winded. In addition, uh, I read this after I saw the movie, but uh, basically, when the villain shows up, before that, it was a very, very faithful recreation of the movie. There There were very few things that were changed. One of those things were two of the characters got their powers switched, but I don't I don't understand why that happened. Uh, whatever, though. Uh, but once the villain showed up, it took a total right turn. Total left turn. This is my left hand. Total left ter- turn in- into this completely different from the books thing, just so that it could have a n- neat ending so that there wouldn't have to be a sequel, which the first book ended on a sequel. Now, with that being said... The writing for it was weird. It was so weird. Samuel L. Jackson was the main villain. And he did a very, very weird thing. Actually, no, he, he was the only good part. It was the writers who did a very, very weird thing where in the final climactic battle, because you can tell from a mile away, from the very, very beginning of the movie, one of the first shots, there's going to be a climactic battle between the villain and all the children. In the final climactic battle, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who is very powerful... He, he can do a lot of crazy things, not least of which being turn his arms into weaponry. But, uh, he... Okay, without spoiling too much, basically his plan is capture certain peculiar people who are people with powers that can turn into birds and then use them to gain immortality. So, the final act of the film, all the children are fighting him, or, or at least going to try to fight him, and he's just walking away. And if a child gets in front of him, he's like, okay, all right, that's enough. And just pushes them aside instead of killing them or restraining them in any way. And it continuously comes back to bite him because that child shows up immediately after and uses their power to stall him. And it's not even like like he gets them out of the way, laughs maniacally, and then they all use the power of friendship. No, it's like he moves this one girl with wind powers out of the way. And then almost immediately, he just gets back up and blows him into a wall, and he, and he's just stuck there for a while. 
Um, I will say, Samuel Jackson did such an amazing job on the character. Even though I didn't like the character, I loved Samuel Jackson playing him. Because while he's getting blown here, he's just got this air of, I'm still better than all of you. Like, when he's stuck to the wall, he's just like, you're, one of his actual lines is, eventually you're gonna run out of breath. <laughs> like, he's just... Uh, anyway, so, uh, I sort of went off track for a little bit, but point being, first half is super cool, builds it up, but then gets let down almost immediately with a third act being when the villain shows up. And at that point, it just, it goes downhill. And it hurts me, because I feel like this, having not seen the books, I feel like this could have been a very, very, very cool film. And it could have set up, because it, it is a trilogy in the books, uh, which I, uh, the, the, uh, the movie only takes place for the first book, but I feel like it could have been a nice trilogy of movies if they just would have expanded on, 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 on the movie more instead of having this weird sort of ending in the middle of the movie. Uh, but that's enough of my rant of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, go see it for yourself. Uh, it is... I personally give it around a 6 out of 10. It's, it's not my best score in the world. Uh, with that being said... That's... That brings us to the end of our show. Have you, did, how did your day go? Do you do anything fancy? You don't want to know. <laughs> don't want to know. That's what I figured. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, please be sure to like, favorite, subscribe, add your comments below to see if uh, you want your questions answered or see if you have any suggestions for what we should cover later on. Um, and as always, thanks again to our podcast listeners. And be sure to check us on YouTube if you uh, would like to contribute to the uh, show in any way. Okay. So... We will see you next time. Farewell. Bye-bye, guys. So long.